I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Checkpoint inhibitors are transforming cancer care, but still have low response rates in most solid tumors. When cancer spreads to the liver, it can render immunotherapies ineffective because of the large number of immune-suppressive macrophages that are present there. Teclison has developed platform technology that chokes off tumors and activates the immune system against the cancer. The company said its technology can significantly enhance the therapeutic benefit of immunotherapies and can be leveraged to treat nearly all solid tumors. We spoke to Ray Lee, founder and chief medical officer of Teclison, about the company's platform technology, its lead therapeutic candidate, and how it can trigger a systemic immune response. Ray, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. We're going to talk about liver tumors, teclosin, and its efforts to develop a new treatment modality for aggressive tumors in the liver. I'd like to start with you, though. You were an oncologist. You were doing research at VCU, Macy's Cancer Center, and you left that to go to work in the pharmaceutical industry. Why is that? Uh, Yeah, first, uh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, so I like to start with my career goal. So I've been uh, med- uh, medical oncology, and the most important, uh, I want to be a physician scientist. So the beauty of uh, being a physician scientist is uh, that you'll be able to do two things together. One, of course, is uh, as a physician and oncology, I treat the cancer patient. The other, as a scientist, and uh, I also run a laboratory. So I have this as an opportunity to identify what is the most important thing and the patient care the most, and then uh, identify what is a medical need or the problem, and then come back to work in my own laboratory and trying to solve it. So, and then uh, if you ask what is the cancer patients wants, and actually it's pretty simple. They want an effective therapy, then also want the less toxicity and then uh, with a good quality of life, of course. So that has been the main focus of my research. And then uh, through, uh, I've been uh, working in the university for almost 10 years, and uh, that has been my goal. And then I do believe I identify something which is is, uh, working a very selective way and uh, just working on the tumor, and I'll be happy to discuss later. But uh, I was ready to push this forward and see whether I can further develop. And then I realized the problem. So uh, that is why I decided to join the industry to learn how to do a drug development. And uh, I work in the two major farmer, uh, Merck and Roche, uh, two of the very large uh, international corporation. So in Merck, I was able to run the phase three registration study and then uh, do the NDA filing. That gave me the opportunity 
to uh, see how the drug was uh, able to go through the FDA approval and eventually launch in the market. It rose and uh, I have the opportunity to get a, a FDA designated breakthrough therapy designation, which is a so-called a fast track type of approach. And then we can get uh, using the shortest time frame to get FDA approval. So these two unique experiences really set me up and then help my future career when I'm ready to develop my own drug. The idea for what became Teclison started at VCU for you. What happened? How did it come about? Yeah, so when I work in the major farmer, uh, my project and, uh, or the drug and we developed in the VCU did not stop. It's continued to move along and uh, with the help of one of my close friends and uh, who is not a clinician, but is an expert in uh, preclinical drug development. So we worked together and he uh, carried the drug, eventually get to the FDA IND approval. So it's ready for the drug to be launched in the clinical trial. And this is also perfect timing for me because uh, at that time I finished uh, uh, the, my Roche's uh, assignment and basically is uh, get uh, uh, the drug into a seller approval. So I was able to le- le- uh, leave uh, Roche at that point and then uh, set up the, this is company, Tackerson. And then uh, so we have been working uh, closely together and uh, get the drug into the current situation. And uh, we're currently in phase two clinical development. So everything, uh, the timing turned out to be great. And then uh, we're happy to what we are right now. Your lead experimental candidate is in development for colorectal and liver cancers, among others. How big a problem do these represent today? Yeah, these two, and then uh, these are so-called the gastrointestinal or GI malignancy are actually very important in the oncology territory. Uh, I will separate these two uh, to get, uh, and then uh, for example, colorectal cancer, uh, every year there is uh, so, uh, over 150,000 uh, new uh, cases was diagnosed in the US and then 55,000 people died of this uh, colorectal cancer every year. And so it's a very important, uh, it's number two uh, cancer-related uh, uh, mortality. And for liver cancer, uh, this is also a very important cancer. And uh, every year there's uh, uh, 38,000 uh, new cases and about 30,000 deaths uh, in the US. So you can see, and the both cancer, a uh, lot of, uh, quite a lot of people actually succumb to uh, either of the disease. And then, uh, and then so far uh, there's a treatment of course, but there's still a lot of patients, unfortunately, died of these two cancers. So it's there. there's a significant medical need in either one of them. Well, what are the standards of care today, and, and what are the prognosis for outcomes? The conventional therapy for cancer, uh, if you talk about the local regional therapy, and uh, that's surgery and radiation, but once it goes to advanced or systemic involvement, uh, and then it's chemotherapy. Uh, chemotherapy has been used for 30, 40 years. And then, uh, so uh, obviously, uh, I don't need to say too much about that. And, uh, but uh, the toxicity or the side effect is what bothers the cancer patient. 
Uh, and then uh, the last uh, 10, 20 years, so we began to develop a so-called uh, targeted therapy and then use for certain kind of a tumor with a specific mutation. So the target therapy was directly to those uh, mutated cancer. And then the last 10 years is, uh, has the year for the immunotherapy. And then, uh, so this is a new darling for the new oncology uh, treatment. And then, uh, so uh, that has been uh, the major thing in, uh, in the last several years. And then people are trying very hard. And there's some very good successful example, including like uh, our previous president, Jimmy Carter, uh, who has uh, 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 advanced the melanoma and then actually got cured and uh, almost got cured by the immunotherapy. That's how powerful it is. So we're really trying to uh, see whether there's a, any better way to improve the immunotherapy, which is certainly has some limitation as well. The immunotherapies have not had a great success rate to date in colorectal cancer or, or liver cancer for that matter. Why is that? Yeah, these two cancer or the majority of the gastrointestinal cancer, they have the common feature that is that they have a liver involvement. And then, uh, uh, for most of you who may not aware, uh, liver is actually a very important organ. And then uh, one of the key feature is uh, when we eat things and then your food that get digested in the GI tract, the blood flow coming from the bowel and then uh, move to the liver. So liver is the first organ after the food is digested. So you can imagine and when we eat things and the food is actually foreign material for the body. So actually our body doesn't develop any kind of allergic reaction. So why is that? And this is because the liver is uh, it's a so-called a very high immune tolerant. So they have to cope with and then suppress the immune system. And so when the cancer spread to the liver, and then, then they were so like a, in an environment that is a highly immune tolerant. So under this kind of situation, uh, I like to use this analogy. So the liver is a kind of the environment is a kind of a like a brick wall or shelf and just like an egg. And then actually protect the cancer's uh, tumor inside of the liver. So that is why... Uh, when you give immunotherapy and uh, uh, the cancer inside of the liver constantly is not working very well. And then you need to identify some way to like a kind of a break. This is a shelf or the brick wall. And then in order for the immunotherapy to work. Teclison is pursuing a treatment approach called Tate. This is an acronym. What does Tate stand for and how does it work? Uh, Tate stands for the transarterial TEC001 embolization. TEC001 is the compound we're currently developing. And then uh, the way we do this is, uh, the, is, uh, is by injecting the drug into the tumor feeding artery. So the drug is going to distribute it evenly uh, in all the tumor. And then the drug, by, if you just do this way, the drug actually does not have any activity. And then you need something else. And then that's kind of a, like a, you trigger and uh, 
uh, and then to make the drug uh, become activated. And then we, we use this, uh, a procedure which has been used for over 30 or 40 years called uh, in the, in, for the liver cancer. For, it's called the transarterial embolization. Basically, so what uh, the doctor did is uh, blocking the tumor vessel and shut down the tumor blood flow. So the tumor, uh, when it doesn't have a blood flow, they will lack oxygen. So, and then the lack of oxygen is provide the perfect environment for our drug to be activated. And then, uh, then become uh, extremely potent and uh, causing this uh, generated things is called a free radical. That is able to break the tumor into very tiny, small pieces. So the beauty for this approach is, uh, is uh, first, the drug is uh, giving in directly into the tumor. And then uh, even though drug is distributed uh, like a leak into outside, like uh, in other part of liver, or even in systemic organ, the drug has no activity. So this is a, the, this is a prodrug, we call this the co-prodrug, has no activity whatsoever. And then uh, the rest of the body uh, not in the tumor, uh, would not be damaged. So this is a really contribute uh, the safety profile of our drug. And then uh, that is why uh, in uh, we're currently in phase two study and the majority of the patient tolerate our therapy without any trouble at all. Patient will maintain a great quality of life. And then that's also the one of the major beauty. And this is what I called uh, in the beginning, I mentioned about how you're going to deliver the drug specifically or selectively only in the tumor. And uh, because the drug even goes outside, it's not activated. So there's no toxicity. And that's it's the perfect way I like to achieve and then, uh, to have a great quality of life for the patient by uh, the lack of a toxicity. Is this general approach unique to gastrointestinal cancers, or is this something that could be broadened to treat other types of cancers? That's a very good question. We start with the liver cancer, and that's because of this procedure. It has been used as a, as a standard care for liver cancer, but uh, suddenly uh, it can be applied for all the cancer spreading to the liver. Uh, we talk about gastrointestinal cancer uh, for several reasons. And then uh, because it's a, uh, gastrointestinal cancer has the highest chances to spread to liver. And then uh, you talk about other solid tumor, like the most common lung cancer or women's is a breast cancer. They also has a very high chances to go to uh, liver. And so for example, for lung cancer, it's about 40% of the advanced stage and uh, cancer was spread to the liver. For uh, breast cancer, it's also around 30%. So the chances is not as high as a gastrointestinal cancer, but it's still a very good population. One of the effects of this treatment approach is that it actually triggers a systemic immune response. Can you explain how it does that? Yeah, this is uh, exactly the beauty of our design. And then uh, I mentioned about the, the drug uh, as a prodrug. It doesn't have activity, but it's a, once it's active under hypoxia, 
it generate a free radical to like uh, kill the tumor uh, into by breaking the tumor into uh, very small tiny pieces. Is, uh, and then this is a process is called the necrosis. This is a, it's a type of a so-called immunogenic cell death. That means uh, the tumor necrosis will trigger very strong inflammatory reaction, attract the, the so-called antigen-presenting cell, and then uh, kind of a boost the body to generate anti-tumor immunity. So the, the necrotic tumor essentially is like a therapeutic vaccine. And then the beauty is, is that it's your own tumor's vaccine. And then uh, you don't need to have an extra shot, but that's just by doing this as a tape procedure, you convert the, your liver tumor into a therapeutic vaccine to boost anti-tumor immunity. So this is a, how our drug is distinguished from the conventional standard chemotherapy. Because it's a chemotherapy or target agent, and they induce a different type of a cell death. Uh, a scientific name is called the apoptosis. It's not immunogenic. So basically, is the conventional chemotherapy would not be able to convert the tumor into a therapeutic vaccine. So uh, even though and the people combine the standard chemo with immunotherapy, but and uh, the the uh, it was not able to enhance the immunotherapy efficacy. And then uh, and then you may also wondering how this is able to like uh, break this is a uh, the liver's barrier, uh, such as uh, the shelf or the brick wall I just mentioned. And this is because it's a, this is a unique wall uh, formed by the liver to prevent the immune system. It's a formed by a type of uh, special cells called the microphage. And then uh, chemotherapy cannot kill the microphage, but uh, our drug and basically is working for the necrosis mechanism is able to kill these microphage as well. So that is why our drug is able to break this is a brick wall or the immune barrier. And then uh, so our drug is able to work in, uh, make the immunotherapy works better. As you look at this in combination with other immunotherapies like checkpoint inhibitors, is there a synergistic effect in doing that? Uh, yes, this is a very strong synergistic effect. Uh, let me clarify a concept for immunotherapy. Immunotherapy drug, and uh, for example, you probably heard about the two most important uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor, either uh, Keytruda or Optibo. And these is the two drugs that does not uh, target the tumor directly. Their target is actually a special type of an immune cell. It's called a T lymphocyte. And they have to activate the T lymphocyte, and then it is the T lymphocyte killing the tumor, not the drug itself target the tumor directly. So uh, after our Tate therapy, I mentioned about we convert uh, our therapy convert the tumor into a therapeutic vaccine. So basically, is the, the body actually generate a more anti-tumor T cell. And then uh, these T cells will be uh, activated by those immune checkpoint inhibitor. And then, uh, and then so that is why our therapy 
uh, has a synergistic. That means uh, one plus one uh, is uh, bigger than two. And then so we'll be able to enhance the immunotherapy efficacy. What's known about the safety and efficacy of TEC-001 from studies that have been done to date? Yeah, so we have a conduct a phase two study. And then uh, I use a liver cancer and a colorectal cancer as example. So for example, uh, we have a treat uh, a patient with a very advanced uh, liver cancer, which is, has a very, uh, I would say, almost uh, a huge tumor, uh, bigger than 14 centimeter. So you can imagine 14 centimeter, it's, uh, it's, a, uh, almost, uh, it's a, almost twice as a, as a baseball size, okay? So this is a big, very tumor, big tumor. And this guy also have a lung, uh, the tumor also spread to the lung. What we did is, is uh, use our Tate therapy to treat the liver lesion. And the, because of the liver lesion, and uh, it's a subject to the uh, Tate procedure. And then we kill, we successfully kill, this is a liver tumor, and then give the patient a immune checkpoint inhibitor. And then uh, three months afterwards, uh, his lung lesion completely disappeared. That means uh, we, our therapy is really increased immunotherapy efficacy and uh, by uh, probably activating, uh, generating more anti-tumor T-cell and the T-cell further enhanced by immune checkpoint inhibitor. So they were able to get rid of the lung lesion and then the liver lesion as well. And uh, if you just give this patient uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor, the response rate as a single agent and uh, the complete response rate is about 1%. And the uh, overall response, uh, including complete plus partial, it's about 15%. And then uh, we uh, get this as a guy almost cured because a, this guy uh, remained disease-free for over 40 months, and which is more than three years. So I feel extremely happy for this gentleman because uh, I, it seems to me uh, he's very clear, very close to getting cured. So that's one of the successes example. And then our overall response rate is uh, more than 50% of the patient actually will have a very good outcome with this uh, combination of Tate plus uh, uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor. And then for the colorectal cancer, uh, colorectal cancer has been extremely difficult and uh, because it's uh, only about very small population and with high mutation burden. And then, uh, so these patients may have some responses to immune checkpoint inhibitor, but the 95% of patients will have no response at all. And then uh, we uh, focus on those uh, patients who uh, has no response and then treated with our Tate. And that means that so we treat the liver lesion uh, like a reduce the liver tumor burden and also convert the liver tumor into a therapeutic vaccine followed by immune checkpoint inhibitor. We, we see their survival almost double. And then uh, normally uh, when they have a, like advanced setting failed uh, two lines of the standard chemo, their median survival is only roughly about six to seven months. And uh, our drug is able to achieve uh, almost uh, by at least double. So this is a significant improvement. 
And then uh, the most important thing is the we treat the Tate, the liver lesion with our Tate, followed by uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor. Colorectal cancer would not have any response to this patient, but then uh, we were happy to see uh, the patient's lung lesion actually get significantly smaller. And then, uh, so that's why they also live longer. So we're very happy to see this. Our phase two is still ongoing, but there is a few of uh, such kind of a very encouraging uh, example. And then uh, that's really give us confidence and then those patients is going to do well. So that's what we have. And at this point, we continue our phase two study, but so far we are extremely happy to see uh, the preliminary data and uh, showing a promising result so far. And what's the development path forward? The, we are conducting two phase two study combining the Tate with uh, uh, either uh, Katruda or Optivo. Those are the two most popular FDA-approved immune checkpoint inhibitor. We're conducting uh, four different kinds of a cancer, including advanced liver, advanced gastric, and then also colorectal cancer, and then we also add a non-small cell lung cancer. So these are the top four uh, cancer-related indication and also the most important cancer-related mortality in the world. So we're aiming to achieve a big impact for the oncology territory and then uh, focus on these uh, four types of uh, uh, cancer. And then uh, if we get any signal and uh, we would like to move forward uh, for like a phase three registration study. And in particular, the study uh, combined our Tate with uh, uh, Katruda, which is a collaboration with Merck, and then uh, who provide uh, all the Katruda for our trial. And then uh, we're happy to have uh, uh, worked with Merck. And then uh, so suddenly if we move forward and then uh, uh, further collaboration with Merck and that uh, would be anticipated. Techlison raised $5.9 million in financing in February. In terms of cancer drug development, that's not a lot of money. How are you using it and how far will it take you? Yeah, you are absolutely right. Uh, this amount of money is not enough for carry us all the way to the drug approval. But uh, we're doing, uh, we're raising this money as a catalyst. And in other words, we use this money to conduct the phase two study I just talked about. And then uh, we're right, try to achieve a certain kind of a important uh, milestone, such as uh, we, our collaboration with Merck. And once uh, we only try to achieve and uh, to, uh, uh, to a signal that would be able to make the Merck uh, satisfactory and to continue or move to the next stage, which is a phase three registration study. So we're not trying to carry all the way with this amount of money, but we carry to a certain uh, critical milestone. And that is why it's a sufficient. And also I like to uh, uh, give a strong attribute and uh, to our team. We have a small team, we're extremely cost effective and then uh, uh, I'm proud uh, with my team who uh, I recruited from the different kind of a company and then uh, they are the best of the best. And uh, so we can use a very limited amount of resource to do a lot of things. 
Ray Lee, founder and chief medical officer of Techlison. Ray, thanks so much for your time today. You're very welcome. It's really a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.